0: Come on, son, 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 son,
1: son, son. Come on, 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 Come on, son. Come on, son. Come, 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 Come on, son. Up, Come on, son. Come on, son to say the least. I was in Memphis, Tennessee. I went down there as part of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Radiothon, um, and Radio Rally. I had never been to St. Jude before, but I heard so much about St. Jude. You know, you've been seeing St. Jude on uh, television for over 50 years now. Danny Thomas started this hospital where he wanted to try to cure children of cancer and other diseases. And the hospital has morphed from just a hospital um, treating children with cancer to a research hospital that shares all their work with any scientists from around the world. This is this is not a hospital, in my opinion. It's a college campus, man. And um, I've given money to St. Jude before, but once I've gone there and I've seen some of the patients and some of the children that they help, I think that I can do more. And I think that we all need to do more. St. Jude is a remarkable children's research hospital. And you might say to yourself, well, we have children's hospitals where I live, Ed. Why would I want to give to St. Jude? Why you want to give to St. Jude? Because St. Jude is not for profit. Nobody pays for the treatment at St. Jude. No family pays for it. They never see a bill. It's not even like they get sent the bill and... It just has a zero on it, but they still know how much it costs. They don't even get sent a bill. No lodging bill, no food bill, no medical bills, no prescription bills, nothing. St. Jude takes care of all of that. And I think the way that they are operating at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is worthy of us giving them a donation. Danny Thomas once said, I'd rather have $1 million from, I'd rather have $1 from a million people than $1 million from one person. And St. Jude is really, 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 really worth it, y'all. When St. Jude first opened, the survival rate for a child with cancer was about 20%. Now, because of the work that they've done, the research that they've done, it's up to 80% now. And we're not going to stop until no dawn, no child has to die in the dawn of their life. So St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, for me, was an eye-opening experience, and it really made me feel like I need to do more for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So I hope everybody listening out here will go to stjude.org and donate to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I got Mario coming up on the show today. You know, a lot of people don't actually survive coming where mario come from we've been watching mario and listening to mario ever since he was a kid like a little little kid we've been like 13 14 maybe even 15 years old so we've been following mario's career for quite a long time and mario's coming in uh he's gonna sit down with me we're gonna talk about his career we're gonna talk of course about his acting career You know, he's on Empire. He's been on Empire for the last two seasons. So there's a lot of things for us to talk to Mario about. Like, I anticipate a really good interview with Mario. Of course, my world-famous come on, son. You know we got to do that. Um, I got to tell y'all some more about my trip to Memphis. So it was quite interesting. I went to, and I suggest that everybody that goes to Memphis, Tennessee, Take the opportunity to go to the Civil Rights Museum at the Lorraine Motel. Now, the Lorraine Motel is where Dr. King was assassinated. People say assassination, I say he was murdered. Um, right next to it, and as a matter of fact, it's attached to the Lorraine Motel, is a National Civil Rights Museum. You have to take a trip to the National Civil Rights Museum, especially if you're African American. It is just absolutely breathtaking. It's heart-wrenching. It's eye-opening. It's enlightening. If you have children, I suggest you take them to the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, Tennessee. There's so many laws that were on the books to keep African Americans down in this country that it really had my head on a swivel, like spinning around in a circle. I I, I couldn't believe that people could be that evil. I just, it, it it hurt me. And it's funny because right after it happened, right after I went there and when I came back to Chicago, I had a conversation with my mom who's 81 years old and my mom was filling me in on a lot of stuff that I didn't know that wasn't taught effectively in school about civil rights for African-Americans in this country. First of all, we're African-Americans. Let's make that clear. Let's be very clear on what we are. We're African-Americans. Even if you're Caribbean, even if you consider yourself Jamaican, you're you're Afro-Jamaican, you're Afro-Cuban, you're you're Afro-Brazilian, you're Afro-Haitian. You may not be Afro-American, but you are not just Jamaican. You're not just Haitian. You're not just Cuban. You're not just Brazilian or any other place slaves were taken. You are Afro-Brazilian, Afro... And you know what? It's so funny that... No, it's not actually funny. It's sad that our culture was totally stripped away from us once we landed wherever we landed. And that goes for the Caribbean. That goes for Brazil. That goes for Cuba. No matter where we landed, our culture of being African was stripped away from us. And in America... They gave us the name Negroes. I don't even know what the hell a Negro is. I don't know where Negro land is, but my ancestors didn't come from Negro. My ancestors came from Africa, which makes me an African American. That's what that makes me. Black is another word they like to put on us because of the hue or the color of our skin. We're not black. We're African American. And you go to the civil rights museum in Memphis and you take a walk through there, and you see how many Africans were enslaved in different parts of the world, you'll understand why I say we're African something. We're, and, and that's just to keep us separate from each other. That's why they like to take Afro off of being Jamaican or Haitian or St. Tomian or Barbadian, or wherever Africans landed in the Caribbean. Puerto Rico, the backbone of your civilization is Africa. That's the backbone of your civilization. We like to run around here and go, no, I'm not African American, I'm Jamaican. No, you're Afro-Jamaican. If you have that color of your skin like I do, you're Afro, you come from Africa. Your ancestry dates back to Africa. Somebody in your family, nine times out of 10, was a slave. And that's all I'm saying to you. And when you go through that museum and you see the way we were treated from the slave ship, they give you a good look at the slave ship all the way through. you learn about why the Emancipation Proclamation by Abraham Lincoln was not just put out there to free the slaves. They make it in the school, make it seem like Lincoln gave that much care about us that he wanted to free the slaves. You'll see that was all part of the civil war to try to break the South by ending slavery. It's just, it's too much for me to explain in one podcast, especially because I got Mario coming in today. I'm going to do a whole nother podcast about the civil rights movement, slavery, and everything that happened in the United States of America and why it's important for us to remember that. Because a lot of times you see people go, why they don't just forget about that? Why do they keep bringing that up? If you go to the Civil Rights Museum, the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, Tennessee, you'll see why we can't stop talking about it and why it's still it's still pertinent to this day. You'll, you'll see it firsthand. We're the only people ever in the United States that had to have laws put into place for our freedom. That doesn't make sense to me. When the Declaration of Independence was written in 1776, we were considered three-fifths of a human being. Remember, the first slaves landed in Jamestown in 1661. That's a lot of time in between. You get the drift, you know what I'm saying. So we got Mario coming up plus my, come on, sons, for the entire week. Y'all know what it is gonna take a short break and we'll be back. Let's come on, son, the podcast. <laughs> come on, son, son. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined in the studio today by a man that I have known for quite some time. Mario is here. Man. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's up? How you bro? doing, brother? Man. Do you promise um, listen, to tell the I'm... truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? The so whole help you, God. Truth,
2: nothing but the truth. So help me. It. The,
1: the, the <laughs> first, the first question I have for yeah. you. If someone, I've read somewhere or somebody told me that a couple of times you've been approached to do Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, True or false? That's a fact.
2: That's a fact, bro. That's really? Real fact. What, what, not even just by, like, people, like, I done been sent from, like, the people that's on the show asked me, like, peers of mine. Uh-huh. And then producers have asked me, networks have asked me. But I just think that that show, just it's not for me. You know, why why what what is it about it? Um I mean we all know are you that not it's scripted, intrigued by the show? Scripted. It's not that it's like for me I'm I'm a way more creative being and the, the the path that I'm setting for myself is to be more in the creative seat and to own more and more ownership. And I feel like that show can work for people who are okay with I guess settling to a certain degree. Like, you know what I mean, not, not to judge, yeah. you know, cuz it works for certain people, but I feel like once you own it it's like that stigma people going to always talk, and then it's like you can't control your narrative. That's very One of my important. My biggest fears as an artist and as an entertainer being in this is just not being. I'm sorry, not being able to control my. No, narrative. No, you can say whatever you want. To Perfect. Say, not being able to control my narrative, bro. You know my narrative. So that's why I like. I, I don't. Surround myself with certain people because, all right, I know what you're gonna get me into. And then if I'm surrounding myself with you and something happened and somebody can act, I don't, I'd rather just keep my narrative clean. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So that, I'm that, that, that's very rate. important because the older you get, that's your legacy. <laughs> that's all you got, bro.
2: That's all you have. Like something can happen with me and you. Somebody talk about it now now the internet got it. It's, it's up to the people to
1: decide what's true.
2: Right. And then you gotta defend something. and
1: I, I ain't with all that. Yeah, yeah. you've been, you managed to keep a I pretty, I wouldn't say low profile because you've never been too low. Right. And we don't know what's going on with you, but you I managed to keep it pretty free. clean. Drama you know free. Drama free. That's bro. the best word yeah, for it. it. It's like,
2: I, I'd rather it be about the business, rather it be about the, you know, I, I feel like I was made, I'm from Baltimore. So it's like, I came from drama. Right. I came from, I grew up in a household with 18 people, bro. My grandmother raised a lot of people it was me, my great grandmother, all my aunts, uncles, cousins. So I came up with that. So when I got into this, I was already prepared for it. I was like, oh, I see what this is. It's this like, oh, you going to come up off of some drama. you going to use me to try to come. Nah, that ain't going to happen. I'm cool. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I back up off of it. Yeah, man. All the way back. How long you been on Empire? This is the second season for me, and I came on at the middle of the fifth season. So middle of the fifth season. Are you, are you sad to see it go? Um, I would say yeah, because I feel like the show could continue to evolve. You know what I'm saying? And I could mm-hmm. be a part of that evolution, Um, and I'm sad to see it go because I feel like my character is not going to have enough time to really grow today because with that show, they have to bring you in at a certain point and, and let you gradually grow. You know what I mean? So I feel like he's ne- you're never going to really see the potential of the character but for an opportunity is great you know being uh on the st- same same screen with terence and taraji and all the other great actors is really dope what attracted you to it um being in between projects um and putting m- myself in the television space which is a space that i want to uh monopolize on more from a creative standpoint and as an actor from an ownership standpoint and as an actor i got a lot of ideas that i'm writing right now i got some really dope dope content dope shows uh-huh. pitching uh, from the tv series space to the movie space um, and it's something I've been wanting to do for a while and uh, this was just a great opportunity for me to meet you know and with this show we have different directors every episode so that's the real cool part about it it's like I'm getting to meet so many directors and people behind the scenes that are actually working on other shows and other things so it's really a business move uh, on screen and behind the scenes
1: let's take it back to uh, Mario when you first started how old were you Baltimore I uh, started when I was
2: I have started singing when I was like four years old my mother got me this mic that turned into the radio we lived in these little apartments and uh She she heard me singing with it one day and she was like she just got it as like, you know, for fun. And she was like, I actually had a gift. She heard me singing to Mm -hmm. the radio. I didn't know the words, I was I was too young. Right. But she heard me holding a note. And I think for her, just overall, the fast forward was like, How can I keep my son away from the streets? How can I keep him from getting into the things his friends and his cousins and my other my brothers and sisters was into? Music. So she used music as a way To keep me closer to her You know Even through her situations and what she was dealing with Music was always like That thing that kept us close Because she played piano She sang I didn't grow up with my father But he was a gospel singer So I just got the talent From both of them And then from there I got adopted when I was like 12, 13 And then I, my, my adopted parent Happened to work in the industry And that's how I got to meet Peter Edge And then Clive Davis And that's when we started
1: Who introduced uh, you To uh, Peter Edge um, It was Were uh, you doing talent shows Like I'm yeah, trying to get A real good Yeah no so Grip the way, on what not, Young Mario was going for through For sure So
2: My first talent show Was in middle school And then from there I went I did this talent show There's, It was this guy named Anthony Jeter He used to do talent shows In Baltimore Like for all the youth mm-hmm. And like he would have Like whatever Popping artists From Baltimore at the time To host the talent show So it was Drew Hill Right So I'm like 11 years old and I do this talent show. I'm singing in front of Drew Hill. This is like. Sling. This is Drew this Hill was popping. Yes. This is. um This is. Tell me, me what, what you want. want. When they was jumping up mm-hmm. and down. That's all of that. that. That's. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, they was doing back in the day. I'm like. Come on man. bottom wanted the bitter. Nah. <laughs> 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 but I'm, I'm I like. Love Yo. Them I Yeah. I'm like. Yo. This is crazy. So to me that was like inspiration to like continue to do it because I was young and everybody else on the talent show was older. So it was like having a soulful voice at a young age worked out for me.
1: huh. Right. Did you feel like, I can sing? Like, I always wonder when do people know yeah. they got some shit? Like, you know what, it took, and it took me a while to be like, I I'm think- a man on this radio airways. Right, like right, I do right. this. When did you realize I can really like, this is what I want to do? I realized it
2: when I was singing at a talent show in middle school and the people that hated me, we're like, all of a sudden, my friends. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Girls that would never talk to me right? was on my top. You know right. what I'm saying? It was like, but obviously, that's, like, the younger version of it. But, like, I was like, oh, this is real. Like, it changes energy. It can sh- Music can shift the way people look at you. You know, and as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm about to use this. But then it didn't become serious. All right, all right I'm going to be honest. My music teacher, Mr. Price, man, shout out to Mr. Price. He saved me. He saved my life. How I grew up in a household where it wasn't a lot of guidance. As a kid, you can do what you want. Okay. Once you out of the house, nobody's calling to see, yo, did Mario come home from school today? Did Mario, is everything cool? Like you, you know what I'm saying? Because there was so much going on, and our parents was all in the streets. So it was like, Mr. Price knew what I was going through at home, and it got to a certain point as I started to get older, I started losing faith in school and in education and all that. So I would get in trouble, and he was the only teacher that would have my back. He kept Ooh. me from getting expelled. He kept me from getting kicked out of school. Um, when I did get expelled, he was like, still come to my class. Like, you can come to my class after school, and then you'll do, like, if you want it. Because, you know, I love music. It was the only thing that kept me, like, out of trouble. So, okay. Like, yeah. So that's there's
1: Price. always pivotal points in your life and pivotal yeah. people in your life that keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. So this, is one, my grandmother this is one of the people for me.
2: After my, yep, Mr. Price, yep. When my grandmother passed away, my whole family kind of fell apart. So it was just like, it even got worse. I ended up moving out of the house. I moved in with my friend whose mom had a group home. So I was living in the the group home because I didn't want to go stay with my aunt because it was going to be more strict. So it was like, I had more freedom. You know, as a kid, when you get that freedom, it's like, you think you know it all, you think, and then I got in trouble. And then I ended up getting adopted because the cops couldn't find my mom because she was wherever. And then that's how I ended up getting adopted. So that's how it kind of started. That turned into a blessed situation. Through me getting in trouble shit.
1: tell people about Baltimore yeah, for people that that are listening since I know b more yeah like I know the back of my hand tell Baltimore, people about b more you know
2: Baltimore is a super rough city man and the mentality there is um you know whatever it take to get to to survive the next day you know whatever it take to get my money up whatever it take when in the inner city at least it's just like it's it's ruthless you know and it's because just like here, you know, it's it's a lot of opportunity. That's not, there's not a lot of outreach. There's not a lot of people that, it's not a lot of outreach in the right way. I feel like the mentality needs to be healed in Baltimore because it's a lot of killings. It's a lot of like just ruthless. It's a lot of drugs. You know, when I was coming up, it was it was a lot of functioning addicts in my family. You know, there's a lot of young kids selling drugs and like getting into the streets and like getting quick money. That way You know But then now It's like Even the 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 cops is in on it You know what I'm saying No why The the cops is in on it And and like a lot of the You know My cousin went through Something where He got robbed by These narcs And They took everything All his drugs All his money Left his guns They ain't want his guns They didn't lock him up They beat him up Took all his Like four months later Those cops got indicted And one of the cops That was about to testify He got killed Oh wow! Trial, you know what I mean. So So there was a whole
1: bunch of cops that was involved. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah. So it's like it's everybody. It's just ruthless. You know what I'm saying? So you just never know. You know, and it's like unfortunately, it's the mentality. You know, once you get out,
1: would it be hard for Would it be hard for you because to go back and live in in Baltimore and try to do some outreach and help people? And the reason why I ask that is because my good friend Jam Master Jay stayed in the hood. Mm-hmm. and he tried to do what he can mm-hmm. to help artists open up a studio and he ended up losing his Impressive. life because i Impressive felt like he stayed man, in the hood man. too I, long
2: i think that there is ways to have it done you know there's no way to ensure that somebody that doesn't have anything to lose won't take your life i've been you know i'm going to ask you a question but i've been i've been surrounded by people or i've been like in situations where I think i went through a situation here like three months ago where you know what i mean somebody tested me like just walked up to me and started asking me questions and testing my gangs and all this shit and it's like that's gonna happen man like you, it's no way around it you know you just gotta hope on that day that that person they did the, their demons don't get the best of them because that's mm-hmm. all it is it's like people get possessed by these these energies these demons and and, and like that
1: you so know. when you go home to I think Baltimore, that is a way was it like is it like, oh a- Mario, we love Mario, thanks for coming home, or do you still have people like that motherfucker don't do shit for Baltimore, Fuck him.
2: I've never had that happen to me before, but I'm sure there's people like that. I think there's people like that everywhere. You know what I'm saying? That's just the nature of the world we live in. You always gonna you can do first of all, you can do everything for everybody. And there's always gonna be somebody that you can't please. Always, bro. You know Absolutely, there's no, bro. There's no way around that. And that's the, that, that's the price to pay for being a leader, for being the king, for being... And you know that. It's like a king can't just walk in the, in the village. Right. He, he need his squad around him. That don't mean he loves his people any less. It just means that you are the king and your responsibility and the things that you do is on another level. Um, but I do have plans to go back to the city and buy property. And I, I got a lot of plans for Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Just in terms of creating more opportunity not just like oh community center no actually teaching people how to overcome the the mental part of it because that's what it really is it's like i've done it so i know what i know what it's like i know it's like to face your demons i know what it's like to be tested i know what it's like to actually transmute all of the those toxic energies into positive um positive uh Actions, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, but it takes time and it's not easy. I've done it for family members, and I'm doing it for my cousin right now. Call him right now, to tell you like he living in L.A. is very uncomfortable for him mm-hmm. because it's quiet. You're alone, mm-hmm. with your demons. There's nobody. You don't gotta watch your back every two seconds. It don't feel real, right? Because it's like I'm not used to this. I'm used to, you know, what I'm saying the jungle. So, you know, what I'm saying so. It's like you know, it's you gotta have patience with people, man. You can't just go to a school and talk to them and expect these kids to listen to you cuz you're not then you're not with them. You're not with them every day. You're right, you're street. breaking
1: out after you do yeah, your you're speech. and you know you're know getting in saying? the so so car with this, you know whoever's with you and you're it's gone. It's really going
2: to take for them to see themselves. Like you got to be able to be a, show people a mirror so they can look at themselves and actually see themselves grow, actually see themselves. So, I my immediate thing would be like, all right, get a space and actually bring what they see on TV to the space. Like, we're going to give you our cameras. We're going to give you our uh, scripts, teach you how to write scripts, teach you how to be in the studio, teach you how to make songs, teach you how to do all of this stuff so that you can actually see and use it as a therapeutic, you know what I'm saying? And right. see your work, see your manifestations. Kids need to know that they can create things. And be creative. And if you can do that from like a creative standpoint like that, think about what else you
1: can create in your life.
2: You can create energy, you can create conversation, you can create anything.
1: Look at Mario getting you know his that? motherfucking grown man on that, up in here.
2: That's the vibe,
1: though. I met him when he first came out. He ain't a little did, kid now. Right? He up here getting his motherfucking it's grown man.
2: You, you ain't aged not
1: nothing, bro. I'm an old-ass man, Mario. I don't mind saying <laughs> that, <laughs> but I feel it. good. I Hot drink Chicago drink a lot tree, of water, smoke cigars. That's what I do, <laughs> <laughs> I drink <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> man, I tried to that's smoke a life. cigar one
2: time, man. <laughs> and they don't work for you? And I, lo- man, I didn't even inhale it, but I lost my voice. I don't know. Maybe it was the one I was smoking or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, it's nah, man. Let's
1: talk music, yeah, man. Yeah. The music landscape has missed artistry. Yeah. Where I you mean, been, man? Where the fuck you been, bro? Why you want to take nine, ten years off, Mario? Nah, man, I know, know you weren't off off, but you know what I'm talking about. I know what about. you mean.
2: You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a very unique situation. You know, like I was with a major and as y'all know, majors were going to do a crazy merger a couple years ago before like the digital crusade really took off. Mm-hmm. And before that I was kind of stuck in the middle of all of that and I was like finding myself as an artist trying to have more control and they weren't trying to hear that they was like no this is what it is like you know so I got to the point where I was like I was fed up with the with music for a minute were they trying not to music, paint you, the industry they're trying to paint you into a box It's not even just a box bro it's so much deeper than that it's more just about growing as a person and wanting to have more more influence over your own destiny you know okay what I'm saying? and and the, the that doesn't that has nothing to do with business and so i'm a i'm i I'm a very disciplined person so i just walked away from it for a minute and i was just like working on myself spiritually which i'm happy i did you know what i'm saying and really in a real way not even like oh i just need to take some time to live life no i took some time to really dive into like things that i never dealt with from my past because one thing that the music industry do when you're a young black man in the music industry you're like entertainment you're just a, you're a number. You're entertainment. How are you going to entertain us so we can make money off you? We don't care about your mental health. We don't care about how you feel emotionally. We don't care. So a lot of people turn to things like drugs or when you're R&B, or like, just women and promiscuity, like, all of that stuff. And I just stepped back from all of it because I saw myself going, not in terms of, like, drugs or anything because I saw, like, that growing up and I knew I would never do that, but just, like, I felt myself losing myself. I felt myself going into this dark place of just, like, <laughs> willing to do whatever To please everybody And I was like nah am stepping away from that Let me go find myself And then I'm gonna come back to it And then After I did that It was just like
1: right. You spent a lot of time During your um Time between I spent a lot of time With your mom Spent a
2: lot of time I spent a lot of time home And that's where I learned a lot I moved back home When I was like 19 uh-huh. And I learned a lot about myself You know as a grown As a young man now um, You know having money Having like More notoriety Um going on and off tour, like living in Baltimore. It was like, you can't just move around like you regular. You know what I'm saying? And they came back and bit me in the ass.
1: Did that hurt? I
2: ended up moving back.
1: Does the- that hurt at some point that you can't move around like you want to? Does yeah. do, sometimes you just wish you could just not be Mario the singer and just move the way you want to move?
2: Absolutely, bro. You know, not anymore because I know how to deal with it differently, but back then, yeah, definitely. Because I didn't know. It's like, if you look at me the wrong way, I'm not thinking I'm Mario the singer. I'm thinking I'm just a nigga in Baltimore walking around regular. Like, you know what I'm saying? Shit might pop. But it's like, you can't do that, bro. Like, you're not them. You know what I'm saying? You have a different calling on your life. You know, so I just, I I had to learn that. And, you know, and I'm happy I went through all of that, but I wasn't focused on music at that time. I was focused on, like, surviving, taking care of my mom, and doing all that. And it was distracting me from all, from my career and everything. So, that's kind of like All of that was happening All those years And time fly You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. And then when your label Is like yo They like Who's getting help You know He needs this He needs that So It just got to the point Where I was just like Cool I'm just gonna be An independent artist After I came back And I like healed From a lot of things Then I just focused On being an independent artist I started my own label and Good And put my first Independent album out Last year Into last year I mm-hmm. uh, put out a record Called Drawing You know They're cool And streaming And all of that um, and now I'm working
1: on my new project. Which tell me about before we get to your new project. Yeah, you're a vet now. You ain't a rookie yes, no sir. more, bro. How many years?
2: Ah uh, man, since stopped, you got signed. I stopped counting, but sixteen. Sixteen. 17?
1: Years. Yeah, yeah, you're a vet.
2: Seventeen years. Damn, Seventeen years. Don't even you're sound, you're I don't a vet. Even sound real. That's state crazy. of R&B right yeah. now. In your opinion, you know what, bro? I think there's a lot of good R&B out. I just think it's not mainstream. You know what I'm saying? That the, the mainstream has been monopolized and like it's been overshadowed with hip hop because there's so much more of it. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, how do you take over a nation? The more people it is going in one direction, you take over. So you you like you apply that to music. It's like there's way more hip hop artists than anything. Way more, yeah. So it's, of course it's gonna take over, you know. What so I'm you kind of,
1: kind of weave through. You gotta, you know what I'm saying? We all the it. bullshit. But a beautiful part about it is, is
2: these days you don't have to conform to anything, yeah, because of the internet. Like you can be whoever you want to be as an artist, right? And 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 have success on your own. Look at Russ. Look at what Russ did. Like before he even got signed, like he was doing numbers, right? Numbers, real numbers, making real money on a road on his own. You know, so it's not. You just have to be. You just have to know who you are. I feel like if you know who you are, there's people out there for you. There's a platform for everybody. You just, It, you just, it takes a lot of isolation and focus. You can't move the same way you probably did. Maybe, maybe you can't have the same friends. Maybe you can't have the same team. You know, you got to find your way, but it's possible and it's
1: doable. It's, it's extremely
2: possible. I will possible. say the mainstream, <laughs> that's a different conversation. That's different okay. money. That's a different level. We know that, right? Right. So labels still have that on lock because they have stakes in the, the DSPs. You know what I'm saying They did deals Like when they when they first Did a deal with the DSP All the artists got advances That were already signed I got a big check Out of nowhere I'm like what, What's this check for Because <laughs> they did A deal with the DSPs Right And they have that So therefore You know If you're signed to a label Of course you're gonna get First did But it's very doable Independent I did it with Empire um, I got another deal I'm doing with Sony Independently right now mm-hmm. Distribution wise So it's like You know It's doable You just really have to Know what you wanna do As an artist And you have to have A team outside of just your distribution company. Do you have to
1: put your own money up? Some of it,
2: yeah. But it's worth it in the end because it's like, you you know, if it's good enough, you're going to see it, whether it be touring or whether it be, you know, catching on the back end of the stream. Like, you know, it's worth it.
1: Right. So you still- so I
2: definitely spent, I, I spent a lot more money than I needed to on my first independent project. I didn't know. I spent a lot of money. Like how how spent,
1: much did you spend on your first independent project?
2: Shit, I spent $250, $280? $1,000? $1,000.
1: Wow. And why you say you didn't have to? Because I didn't
2: have to I didn't have to get the best studios. I didn't have to do everything I was doing when I was a major artist.
1: <laughs> when I was signed to a major, <laughs> okay, major. okay, you were still stuck I in that boat. I was
2: stuck in that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have <laughs> Now, like, I really go get my,
1: Quincy Jones to do the strings and some shit? My <laughs> I did put strings up, but I
2: went in. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I was like, I want to do it on the same level, but then I didn't have the same system. So it was like, and I also didn't make- uh, I made like an alternative R and B album. I didn't make a, a Mario competitive, like I'm doing right now, album. So I spent all that money, but I didn't make the project that would make that money back.
1: I made, okay.
2: I made a passion project, spending money on studio, traveling. I started in L A, booked out Encore Studios for like a month, two months. Then I went to I didn't. I got some vibes there. Didn't like the vibes there. And I went to London, recorded for six months. I was so standing at <laughs> uh, the Noble, the new hotel they just built. <laughs> Damn, I'm like, yo. Mario. You know what I'm saying? I was like,
1: but. Rappers making <laughs> whole albums in the bathroom yo, and you in fucking London for six yo, months. Yo, facts,
2: bro. I'm like, Damn, I didn't even have to do all of that. But it was my first independent project. I didn't know. I had to learn. But I, you know. Right. The faster, hey, rule of thumb, the faster you make mistakes, the faster you learn, man. Don't be scared to take risks and make mistakes. Hopefully you do it when you're young and
1: you learn. and You know what I'm saying? Tell me about the new stuff, the new Mario stuff.
2: Yeah, man, I'm in a studio right now. I travel between here. I've recorded some records here with some producers here. I don't know exactly what's making that album yet, but just kind of testing the waters to see what's in Chicago. So if you're a producer and you got vibes, um, I'm looking for R&B vibes, alternative hip-hop, R&B, grungy. Just, you know, dope music, man. Hit me on my Instagram, bookings at at newcitizen.biz. Looking for some dope producers here. Uh, LA and Atlanta, because Atlanta is like you can't. There's the vibe you find in Atlanta. You can't get nowhere. Yeah, you can't. You can't get nowhere. And if you if you know what you want as an artist, like you can really go there and like work for two weeks and come back with like the craziest. Yeah, there's a vibe. lot of great music coming of, out of, of the A. Of yeah.
1: a lot of talent coming out of and the it's, A. Uh, this
2: this 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 uh this project is it, I think it's a mixture of everything that people love about me. You know, when I first came out, like really taking it back to like being. Just more the storytelling. You know, my story's always been real. They've always been classic. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm mixing with a little bit more of my knowledge. And, like, my skill as a writer, my metaphor is the way I, I play with words and stuff like that. And like, I've grown a lot as a writer. So you seen, you hear a lot more of that on this album. And I'm also working with one of my favorite writers. His name is Theron. And like he been, in the, we wrote this record called "Music for Love Together." Mm-hmm. On like my third album, it was a fire. Never was a single, but it felt like a single. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, we gotta get back in." So me and him, we write some crazy R and B records right now. Like it's about to, yeah. Yeah, we need it. We need, crazy, we need we need a
1: balance between good hip hop and, and fantastic R. Like good
2: R and B, like you know what I'm saying, like that everybody can listen
1: to. When you hear young uh, R and B artists, who I'm not even gonna give them the. Uh, Enough Give it to him Jack Say that they're the king of R&B How does that make you feel?
2: I'm gonna be honest with you I think it's dope I'm gonna tell you why Because it's keeping the conversation It's keeping it relevant It's like If that's what it's gonna take To keep R&B In the conversation Great You know He is a young artist He is a new artist I love what he's doing You know I'm proud of him Like Look man But the
1: king of R&B He Let him do that
2: He's not everybody king
1: the prince of r the court jester of r but the matters.
2: fucking king? I think it's more about the conversation. I think it's more entertainment
1: because we all know that he's not the king. Is he trolling? Is he throwing yeah, it course. out there? Okay. Of course. Okay. You know what I'm
2: saying? But you got you know, you to let him do that. And I think, like, I like some of his music. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to negate him. But when you know, it's levels, man. It's, it's levels. You know what I'm saying? But you got to understand, like he say, like he is... In this generation, a lot of kid like I remember one time asking like one of my little cousins like Who's your favorite artist R and B singing? They said Fetty Wap. I was like,
1: Oh, <laughs> oh this, this is just where we at. That shit would have broke my heart. I said, What's... I like Fetty Wap. I, I like, like him too. He's from Jersey, you know. You know, Jersey, you know? But, it's all um, good up
2: east. But you gotta understand, hip hop artists are singing too, right? Like think, listen, like Drake. Drake's an really... R and B artist. Drake's R and B. Drake's R and B. Hip hop, pop. You know what I'm saying? If you listen to
1: ja Rule did it first. So this one,
2: facts. Nigga.
1: Fifth was singing too. Many, man, Yo, It's
2: anytime, 50
1: accused Ja Rule of being the singer, nigga, and then stole Ja Rule's
2: style and did the 50 same 50 be shit. singing. But I, yeah, they had different types of records, you know. Right. Like, but what I'm trying to say is that hip hop artists are singing, man, because Autotune made it so that you could go in the studio and do. If you're great at making melodies, right, and you got a story to tell, you can make
1: a good song, right, with Autotune. Yeah, well, Curtis Blow sang way back in the days on Daydreaming, so, I mean, so it's been around for a long time.
2: It don't matter about the classification of music anymore. It matters about the feeling, the energy behind the record, and if it's good. Right. Know. You know what I'm saying? It's the, vibes. My, it's the vibes. You know the vibes. It's the vibes. You know now, the fucking vibes. Where we Where we grew up on, it was just more raw. We right, grew up, like you know, what I'm saying, I grew up. Wrong. I
1: think it was great melodies and great songwriting too, man. Like we had mentioned yeah. Drew Hill earlier, that yeah. Tell Me and stuff like that. Those Joe. are man, Joe. Those Joe are great, week. freaking melodies, man. And the songs that you put out, those those songs had melodies. They had meaning. Like it stuck. That shit stuck to your gut when you heard it, bro.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's just the culture shift, bro. I feel like a lot of records have meaning today too. It's just a different texture and a different culture, you know. I. I listen to everything. Like I love man, I can't stop playing Young Thug's album. I can't lie to you. Like okay. I love that album. I think it's a good album cuz I understand the story. Like I love his storytelling and I like I like the way they put records together. So it's like and I'm like kind of in the middle like I'm still a young dude and I still listen to that, but I came up with some of the greatest music and I have you know so much hit like so much musical History in terms of what was played for me as a kid, right? Between my mother, my grandmother, my older cousins, like I got the plethora. I, I grew up with the best—the 80s, the 90s, the late 80s, early 90s, bro. Mm. Late 80s and 90s, like that was the
1: best. Yeah, that
2: was the best, bro. Like, Absolutely. of course, we go old school, old school. But like, when you talking about late 80s, 90s, 2000s, early 2000s.
1: To Great, have time. that Great times. Great times of music. Now they telling me they're giving me the single the uh, the signal over there, Catrice is giving me the signal that I got like four minutes left. We gotta do it again I have to I yes. have to satisfy yeah. My female listeners. Absolutely. What is the status of Mario right now? Because when I said Mario was coming I, in, it's like, oh my God, I love Mario. I marry him. He's yeah. the first person to tell him to take John Legend off the People magazine <laughs> and put Mario <laughs> on the magazine. He's the sexiest no, RB star ever. What's your I'm status, tell you bro? The realest,
2: this is the realest, right? So I'm at the point now, I's like, I'm like, all right, how can I secure my future? So I work a lot of hours a day. I'm up early every morning, whether I have to work early or not cuz like I'm on the phone with the West Coast East so I'm living central so my time I don't have the time that I used to have to play around and do stuff so. so I'm dating but I don't be moving around as much as I used to like I don't date 5 and 6 girls at a time anymore you know what I'm saying like I'm just like one girl at a at a time like you know what I'm
1: saying mm-hmm. I'm
2: dating right now but
1: yeah but they got to bring something special to the table got
2: to bro because my energy is is valuable you know what I'm saying my time is valuable and she and hers is too so, Absolutely. You know? I'm dating right now, but,
1: you know, we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's that non-committed bullshit I right know, there with you know, the song. It's fresh, it's anyway, we gotta do it again, man, because <laughs> I could talk to we you for another know, hour and a half. I love we you, bro. Know, love. I'm proud of you. Always been Thank proud of you. you and love to see you elevate to, to the potential. Make sure luxury, y'all tune into acting. Empire. Right, man. make sure y'all watch Empire because my homie on there, all that, and it's all good. Last season Empire, Mario's my special guest. Y'all already know what it is. Come yes, on, sir. son. <laughs> come on, son. Come on, son. It's Ed Lovers. Come on, son. Time, y'all know what it is, baby. We gets down for our crown around here. First of all, I still want to say, come on, son, to the NFL for more than one reason. First of all, that Kaepernick shit, bullshit. Okay? Bullshit. And I'm going to say it loud and clear. I'm going to say it one more time so y'all can hear me. Bullshit. They're going to set up something for Kaepernick, but hand him a waiver that says he can't sue them for uh, collusion. Why do you think Kaepernick was like, no, I'm not doing this? I'm not doing this. But everybody want to come down on Kaepernick like the NFL is doing Colin Kaepernick a favor. The NFL is the reason Colin Kaepernick is not playing football right now. How are they doing him a favor? And what makes you think that Colin Kaepernick is dumb enough to trust the NFL? Come on, son. Why do you think he wanted to tape it himself? He wanted to videotape his workout himself so he makes sure that all 32 teams got it. You're going to put it in the hands of the NFL and they never send it out? Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Can you blame that man for not trusting the NFL after the NFL blackballed him? You can't. Use your brain, people. Read between the lines. Come on, son. And I still want to say, come on, son, to the NFL. Monday Night Football, when are y'all going to give me my props that y'all stole? Come on, man, for me. Like, every time y'all do it, every Monday, my, my Twitter goes off. My Facebook goes off. My Instagram goes off. Y'all stole Come On Man from my Come On Son. Let's call it it is what it is. And now y'all got an off brand of it where you got Moss, which is pretty much the same thing as Come On Son, and it's Come On Man crap. Y'all know it. I know it. Everybody else knows it. I saw an argument between I can't remember which analyst it was, was trying to convince somebody, and they kept atting me, on twitter about come on man he was like y'all know y'all stole that from ed lovers come on son it's it's proof i got proof you just go to youtube and look at when i started doing come on son compared to when y'all started doing come on man y'all gotta give me my props man seriously i mean like come on son you took my thing you ran with it i don't complain about it but you just not gonna give me my props on it come on son Y'all need to get out of here with that, man. Speaking of people who need to get out of here with some bullshit, did y'all see the cops wrestle down a legless and armless guy in Texas like he was a threat? What are you going to do, bite you? Come on, son. Your cops got to do better, man. I try to stand behind y'all and to understand y'all because a lot of my friends are police officers. My brother was a police officer for 25 years. I got a lot of friends here in Chicago that are police officers. I got a lot of friends in Atlanta that are police officers. But sometimes y'all do some of the dumbest crap I ever seen in my life, son. You're going to wrestle down an armless and legless man like he's a real threat to you. Come on, son. Really, son? You look stupid in front of the rest of the whole police force, son. You're an idiot, son. And speaking of idiots, what is with this whole impeachment thing from for President Trump? Why are y'all wasting taxpayers' money on this? It's not You're not going to take the man out of office. If anything's going to happen, let the people vote. If they want to vote for Trump again, fine. If they don't want to vote for Trump again, that's fine, too. But all this impeachment is a waste of time. It's a waste of tax people's money. It's just a whole ass waste, period. And we still don't know what's going on. My big question in the whole impeachment process was: What is the reason we giving the Ukraine four hundred million dollars of taxpayers' money? That's my that's my question. Why are we helping Ukraine? What's the Ukraine doing for us? Always something with America. Come on, son. Stop handing out money like it's going out of style. If you want to hand some money, hand us some money. Give us some money. Let us get some real legit tax breaks so we can really actually afford to buy some property. But we got $400 million to send to the Ukraine. Come on, son. And then Bush, not Bush, what's his name? Trump. He asked the Ukraine president to investigate what Joe Biden's son Hunter and Joe Biden is doing over there so he can use it. Come on. Which president hasn't been asking on a sly for, for somebody to investigate somebody else? Huh? Let's go back to what I was talking about civil rights before. Why was the CIA and the FBI investigating Dr. King? That's okay, but it ain't okay to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter. America is mixed up. Come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Y'all know what it is. It's Come On, Son, the podcast. I'm Ed Lover, and I approve that message. Y'all keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I want to thank Mario for being on the podcast with me today. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about y'all next week. where I think my guest is going to be Essence Atkins from TV. Should be cool. All right? Peace, y'all. I'm good. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs.
0: This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?